the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. In today's world, there is much confusion as to what defines family, and Satan is determined to keep it that way. The good news is that the children of God have victory because we know that the family, as designed by God, will not be destroyed. As the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God, stand firm, set the spiritual tone, and be the role model for your families to the glory of God, thereby establishing legacies for your future generations. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander encourages us. Know when to yield for the sake of peace without compromising scripture or your Christian testimony. Know when to yield. Every bite, every fight, husband, is not for you to win and neither you either, wife. Know when to yield. And say, honey, you know, I think we just go along with that. You know? I just We just need to go along with it. I just think we ought to go along with it because you recommended it. Hmm? If it's not going to kill you, if it's not going to bring home, why not? However, with that being said, we must not compromise or violate scripture for the sake of peace. There are times when one must exhibit tough love. In other words, it's okay to compromise as long as the compromising don't lead to a violation of scripture principle. Romans 12, 10 and 18 says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another if it is possible. I love this. If it is possible. Sometimes it is not possible. If it is a if, it is possible. Thank you. As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Live peaceably with your husband. Live peaceably with your wife. Live peaceably with church members. Live peaceably with your brothers and sisters, your siblings. Live peaceably with those on your job. And be a Christian and draw them to Jesus. Some folk on your job will never read a Bible. But they will read your life. And when they read your life. Will they see Jesus as an imprint all over your life to the glory of God? All I'm saying is this in a nutshell. One can compromise on personal preferences, but not biblical principles. That's a big distinction now. Did you get that? Well, I think the carpet ought to be red with this room. I think it ought to be gray. It's more neutral with this room. And you're going back and personal preference. It's not going to break the house. You can still sleep in the house. And husbands, you'll be wise to let your wife win on colors. You know, they just have a way of making the house. Unless it's a pokey dot or something way bizarre. You know, um, sometimes you just need to let them have it, you know, on that, you know. 
I'd rather have peace in the house. If, if she wanted red and she going to be happy, and re, I mean happy, let it be red. But now, if my wife or my husband tell me to cheat on my taxes, then, then that's crossing the line. That's right. If I'm telling my child to tell the person calling me I'm not here when I'm there, it's teaching them to lie, and that's wrong. If my spouse trying to get me to lie, or try to get me to do something unethical, then I, that's why, honey, I love you, but I'm not going to love you to the point that I violate the word of God. Why? Because God made you. God made your wife, God made your husband, and God made your children. And without God, you wouldn't have yourself. And one day we all have to answer to God whether you believe that or not. We all shall one day stand before God and give an account. So one can compromise on personal preferences, but not biblical principles. That's where the line is drawn. Like I said in the first service, you must love God more than your spouse. That's, that's a hard saying. You say, yeah, yes. You must love God more than your children. As a matter of fact, husbands and wives, you must not put your children ahead of your own relationship, uh, your, your marital relationship. Why? One day those children are going to leave the house and all you're going to have each other. And if you don't know each other, you didn't, when, they gra- when they leave the house, you're going to say, well, who are you? Who are you? Your children should not come ahead of your marriage. They're a byproduct of your marriage. And hopefully you train them up to, to wing them off and let them fly. Please let them fly. Fly, soar. The goal is not to have them 50 years old still, still saying, Mama, give me. Daddy, give me. Even the eagles know how to let eaglets go. Won't y'all say amen? You know, so let, let, let them fly. Let them fly, fly. And then let them what? Fly. <laughs> Praise be to God. Then, uh, number nine, listen. Demonstrate, demonstrate, demonstrating compassion is essential for resolving conflict. Demonstrating compassion is essential for resolving conflict. Consider what it would be like uh, to be in the person's position with whom you are in conflict with. Treat your spouse the way you would want to be treated. And beyond your spouse, you treat anybody the way you want to be treated, regardless of the color, regardless of their economic status. You treat people the way you would want to be treated. If you don't want that done to you, well, then don't do it to anybody. Luke 6.31 says, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. Likewise. How can we practically demonstrate compassion in the midst of conflict? Even in the midst of conflict, if you have compassion on your spouse and children, if you operate within the spirit of compassion, then you'll pray for them. B, you'll be patient with them. C, even though you have an issue that's unresolved that you're trying to work through, you will still tell them you care for them. They still need, they still need to know you care. 
And then D, you love them unconditionally. Just because you're having a spat, having a quarrel, doesn't mean you don't love them. As a matter of fact, there comes a time when you have to speak the truth in love. Love. Number 10. We're almost done. A couple more. We're done. Sharing the promises of God give hope in the midst of conflicts. You got to know the word, then share the word. You got to know the word, believe the word, share the word. Sharing the promises of God in hope in the midst of conflicts is, is what helps immensely. Everyone with the Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. Sharing the promises of God gives hope in the midst of conflict. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. It says, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the trouble we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. Some people fight over the television. They fight over money. They fight over savings. They fight over investments. They fight over stuff. But the Bible says these things will soon be gone. Why you need right? Soon be gone. Soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Families and friends, join the Maranatha Bible Church family for our Hallelujah Fun Festival on Saturday, October 30th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on the Maranatha grounds. There will be food, fun, prizes, fellowship, and activities for all ages, including train rides, pumpkin hunt, photo booths, s'mores, cakewalk, pie bake-off, and so much more. See you on the 30th at 10 a.m. Just because you're having trouble, realize that In the big picture, your trouble is only for a season, and this too will pass. And be mindful, too, that it doesn't matter what you're going through, somebody else is going through something far worse. You complain about your feet hurting until you see somebody with no feet to hurt. Let me tell you something. Whatever you're going through, believe you me, it can be worse. Can be worse. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Everything that comes into your life, intrudes into your life, is no accident. It's God's providence. That's right. It may not be pleasant, but God takes even the unpleasantries of life and work them even for our good and his glory, even when we don't understand. Job was in a situation in in his life. uh, Things were happening with such rapidity and he didn't understand. But he said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. He did not say, I understand. But even in spite of that, his, his faith remained intact. So take comfort in the scripture and realize God is still in control 
when you don't understand, when you can't figure it out, and when you don't understand where this is headed, God knows where it's headed. You just hold on to his unchanging hand and don't you let him go. Anchor your soul in him. You rest in him. You hope in him and you hold to him. And he all by himself will see you through. Number 11, identify something that everyone likes to do in your family and have some fun. This reduces stress and it reduces tension. Ask God to help you laugh again. Some of y'all look so mean and so ugly. No wonder your kids don't want to come home. Or they want to be somewhere else. Worst thing you can have is a daddy with a mean looking face and a mama that's always habitual grouch. And it's just one thing after the children can't even, you give your children a break. I hope and pray that the God put the spirit of laughter on y'all. Well, y'all can laugh at each other and laugh about something that's healthy now, not just anything. And um, your kids see you falling on the floor laughing. That, that gives them some kind of uh, release in knowing that mom and daddy are normal. <laughs> normal? (laughs) Normal. If your child never laughed, wouldn't you be concerned? Think about it. Your child, two, three, five, seven, eight, nine, never smile, take a picture, say say cheese, say Jesus. You want to send them somewhere to try to give them some help because something's wrong. Even his face won't the, the face won't get in that position or something. Something's wrong when your child will never. Children are made to cry and they're made to laugh, but so are we. When is the last time you had a good belly up laugh? You know, some of y'all can't laugh because you look, you live in so much misery and you live in so much. Cut CNN and Fox News off so you can laugh. <laughs> Y'all looking at it all. No wonder you can't laugh. You look at you look at it one time and two time and five time and fifteen time, and all of a sudden you in depressed. You gotta cut some things off so you can laugh. Oh God help me. God help me. Proverbs seventeen twenty two says, "A merry heart does good." That's what the scripture says. A merry heart does good like medicine. I mean, laugh releases something, releases tension. Oh, it does something. Ask God in your prayer life, Lord, help me to laugh again. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Father, I've been too mean. I've been too, I'm always looking at, I got a miserable outlook I always see the glass half empty instead of seeing it half full. God changed my perspective so I can laugh again. But a broken spirit dries the bone. When your spirit is broken, you make the you break the whole house. You, you make the whole house miserable. Everybody's scared to make a comment. 
They figure you're going to say something sarcastic on it. They got to think about what they're going to say before they say what they say because they know what you're going to do. And that's horrible. When you're going to catch yourself and let God help you laugh again. Number 12, last but not the least. Refuse to allow death to bring an end to your quarreling and fighting. That passage says you ought to be operating together in the bonds of peace, says that scripture I'd read in the beginning. You, you need to refuse to allow death to bring an end to your quarreling and fighting. Life is too short to be angry with each other, husbands and wives and children. And, and then you teach the children how to be angry because they see continuously, habitually angry parents. Angry parents make angry children. And it becomes a cycle and it spirals down to the next generation and the next generation. Life is too short to be stressed and life is too short to be depressed. Life is too short to live in perpetual hurt and on a perpetual edge. It takes far more energy to fight than to live in harmony and unity. You know what you need to do, mom and daddy? You need to confess your sins to one another. Make up, kiss, and start doing better today. You need to even ask your children for forgiveness. Because truth be told, you've run that house with too much tension, too much stress. James 5.16 says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Healing comes through confession and it comes through praying. Let me tell you something. Be it known to you today, you listen to this black bald-headed preacher, it is impossible to pray and fight. It's impossible. You can't do it. You can't get off your knees and say amen if you really prayed and say, shut up. No, you get back down there. (laughs) You got up too quick. You get your knee pad and you stay there until some transformation come to the heart. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. Husbands, the greatest thing you can do for your wife is pray for her. Wives, the greatest thing you can do for your husband is pray for them. Parents, the greatest thing you can do for your children is to lay hands and pray for them. My children said, I mean, especially Andrea, I mean, they, they would say, Daddy, you pray. Oh, you pray. You pray long. I said, you need every bit of it. <laughs> Prayer. Pray all over that house. I'm praying when they sleep. I'm all over the door. I'm touching doors. I'm walking all over. I'm touching beds. I'm touching. I'm touching. My grandchildren come. I'm touching. I'm laying hand. I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. The devil uh, coming to that house, messing with us at night. I, I, I'm praying. You got to pray that devil out of your house. You got to pray that devil out of relationship. The devil wants you. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 9 says, Live joyfully with the wife whom you love. Uh-oh. That's what some of y'all mess. Some of y'all can't live joyfully because the truth be told, you stopped loving your wife. I don't love her no more. That's your problem. You loved her once. It's an act of your will. You can will yourself to love her again. For God so loved the world he gave 
And God, and you so love your wife until you propose to her. And husband, will you marry me? She didn't, you didn't get a chain and drag her to you. And, and wife, you said I do. He didn't make you say I do. He didn't squeeze your jaw and go, he didn't do that. That was an act of your will. You chose each other. And watch it. Don't get in a hurry to get married. Some of you single for, I got to find me a man. I got to find me a woman. Let me tell you something. It's better to be joyfully single than miserably married. Oh, I'm trying to, y'all, I'm trying to get out of here. The Holy Ghost messing with me on y'all. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love. I got to ask you a question, man. Do you really love your baby? I mean, those of you who are really married to her. We don't believe no shacking up in this church. You get you a license. Dogs get licensed. Cats get licensed. You get licensed to do hair. You got a license to do nails. Get licensed to fish. Woman, I wouldn't say with no man that don't love me enough to get me some license. You can't get no license. Don't you? You ain't touching my lips. You ain't touching nothing. I ain't for sale. Go get some license. And let's say I do. We ain't trying out nothing here. Do you do you really love her? I, I ought to make you look at her right now. Why do you really love him? It's about love, and love ain't some. Oh, I feel love. Oh, I feel it. You don't feel nothing. Stop that. <laughs> love is not a feeling. It is a commitment. Because every day you don't feel married, but you stay married. That's right. You stay, that's right. It's a commitment. It's a commitment you make till death do you part. It is a lifetime covenant between the two of you. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love. All the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun, all your days of vanity, for that is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. If we could only see the few days we really have left on earth. We would seek to live joyfully with our spouse today. Some of y'all treat each other so bad because you really think you got a lot of time to kind of get over it. But if you really saw the reality of the time that you had left you hurry up and embrace each other, forgive each other, and say, I am so, so sorry. If given another opportunity, I'll not do that again.
But the fact of the matter is, many of you hold grudges and you won't speak is because you think you've got a lot of time and then all of a sudden death interrupts it. The most worst thing I think a person can experience, you're not speaking to your spouse and then your spouse down on you while you're not speaking to them. Now that's tough. God said, okay, you're not speaking no way, I'll take him. You're not speaking to her no way, so I'll, I'll just take her. You're not talking. I, it's, don't, don't worry about speaking to him anymore. He's gone now. You, you touch him and he's cold. So you want to speak? God, God said, I fixed that. You don't want to talk? I just take him. I fix it. That's what you want. You don't want to speak? I fix it where you can't speak to him. In closing, Jesus was born in conflict. He lived in conflict. And he died in conflict. And yet, he was in the perfect will of God from his birth to his resurrection. Herod tried to kill him at his birth. Huh? During his life, he had death threats. They came after him. They tried to kill him. They they tried to stone him. They tried to do all kinds of things to him. Even his family rejected him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Conflict. Conflict. When he went from judgment hall to judgment hall, conflict. When they mocked him and put clothes on him, kingly uh, clothes on him to mock his kingship, it was conflict all the way. And on the cross, he died between two thieves. He died in conflict. He was buried, but early Sunday morning, he gained triumph over conflict. Early Sunday morning, it was over. Early Sunday morning, it was done. Came into this world and whooped Satan on his own ground. I ain't come to take sides. I came to take over. And when Jesus rose, he proved himself to be the son of the living God. And yet in conflict, he was in the perfect will of God. All conflict is not bad. Conflict, when it comes, it helps you to lean on God, to trust God, take you to new spiritual dimensions in him. And all God's children said, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message. Oh, God, I gave it my best. And Father, I preach and I preach and I preached all of these series, this whole series, sermon after sermon, because by, by your spirit, we want insights for living riveted to the hearts of your people. Father, help us to confess our sins. Help us to start afresh. Help us to appreciate each other while we have each other because it really won't be long if we can only see the remaining days left. We would hasten to make things right, not tomorrow, but right now. Oh, God, help us to have a spirit of repentance and to turn from our sins and our selfishness to you, the Lord Jesus Christ, and allow you to make our house a home. A home of peace. A home of love. 
a home of joy. Oh God, restore what the locusts have eaten. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children say it. God is our stronghold. God is our refuge. God is our strong tower. God is our deliverer. God is our healer. God is our provider. God is our everything. He gave his only begotten son to die in our place for our sins. God gave his all for us. As his children, we are obligated to give our all for him. We must remember the Lord our God. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.